This was meant to be part two with a long series four, episode one, and we thought let's just chop it in two. Yeah. Oh, listen, here we are, about to introduce the second part of our travel special. How are we? I'm well, yes, not bad. How are you? It's well, cold, this is in the future good. because we recorded a travel show. We thought it's a bit long, cut it in two and put the other one out. But listen, that was about a week ago, and it'd be, we just wanted to catch up and have a chat. Exactly. Well, I believe we're coming back with travel tips. Yes. Is that the first yes. section? And uh, I don't want to preempt the show, but the one about the glass in the bathroom, I wish I had known that before a couple of trips. But anyway, um, Gordon, a lot of yeah. people have been asking about uh, trips uh, and about travel tips as well. But before, when we recorded the show, that was the last travel, but I was away again. You've been to Germany. That's right. And I caught what? up with uh, Christian Rosenberg as well, yeah. who, who I know you know, who is yes. a very big person in the world of whiskey. We'll talk about him later on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Mr. Rosenberg has a big whiskey magazine over there, runs a whiskey show. All good. Oh, very good. So that was great to catch up with him. So this is part two of our travel special. Gordon, listen, you drive these travel tips. Why don't you introduce yourself? And the <laughs> yeah, he, here's some bloke talking about silly travel tips. <laughs> and I want to now come on to some amazing travel tips. Travel tips. This is what we need a jingle. Traveling tips with Gordon Dundas. So, right. Okay. I've got some here, but uh, Gordon Dundas, okay. you have traveled. Right. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do it alternate. We'll do it alternate. <laughs> no, I think you will outdo me. But great tips from. Uh, Season travellers. So that was a golf ball. Just explain, he had a golf well, ball he liked to roll under his foot just to get the muscle. Yeah, and actually I've had a very sore foot for about the last week and a half. I had a very sore foot when um, just after I came back from the States, and it's called plantar fasciitis or something like that. And it's not through, I don't know how I did it, but you get sometimes a very sore feet from standing up for a long, long yeah. period of time. And so actually having a golf ball in your pocket and uh, uh, just rolling, taking your shoe off, Standing behind a whiskey stand or standing up. We stand up for long periods of time. Rolling your foot across that is fabulous. And then when you get back to your hotel room, um, just uh, sit at the side of the bed and just roll your foot on a golf ball for five minutes. Nice. It make all the difference. Travel tip number one. Boom. Gordon, do you want to kick off? Um, well, my first one, and this is something that I've always spoken about. Don't do what everybody else does when you go into a hotel room. So what I mean is when you go into a hotel room, <laughs> when you go when you go into a hotel room, they're either left hand or right hand, if you know what I mean. And yes. there's a, generally a window at the end, right? <laughs> now, if you're going to sit down on a bed and take your shoes off, you're generally not going to do it towards the wall where the toilet is. You'll yes. do it. You'll sit on the side of the bed out by the window, looking out, un taking your shoes off, and you'll uh -huh. lie down. Maybe the side where the phone is, the side where the uh, alarm clock is. Mm -hmm. Everybody does that. So that side of the mattress is knackered. So sleep on the oh. other side. Oh, sleep, nice. Sleep on the side of the bed that you wouldn't think you should sleep on. The bit that's, 
you know, closer yes. to the wall, the bit that you wouldn't take up, you wouldn't take your shoes off facing the wall nice. if there's a window. Everybody does the same thing. Sleep on the other side of the bed. Oh, the mattress is... will be noticeably better. That is nice. That is very nice. Uh, this is not a, a, an official one, but just it was Alan from uh, Loch Lomond. Is it Alan? Alan Reed from Loch Lomond? Yes, Alan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just mentioned, I think it's one of his ex colleagues, an older gentleman, used to bring a bit of carpet to the stalls and put a carpet down there. It's a travel tip. So travel that was quite nice if you're standing for it. But I would say um, your bag is your home when you're out on the road. So don't go cheap. Don't go you, cheap. Oh, good, eh? good tip. You're up. So, yeah. Absolutely. If you're going to buy a bag, luggage, whatever, you, it, buy cheap, buy twice. Yeah. My so so when I was in America, my bag that I had for ten years that I bought in Taiwan basically fell apart. The handle bit stuck up, it yeah. was broken, it was bent. Uh and I thought I need to go and buy one, which is an expensive purchase. Um, but I mean a Samsonite, you know, it was it wasn't cheap, it was three hundred dollars. It's quite a lot of money. But um, you know, it's, you need good luggage. You, and you my other top tip for people is if you are standing at the baggage reclaim and your bag is coming round, but there's a distinctive smell of whiskey from your bag, don't pick it up till everybody's left. <laughs> better experience than that one. That's a better experience. <laughs> Nothing like uh, having a, a a bag full of whiskey smells because you've smashed the bottle that you meant to bring with you. Um, so yeah, uh, that's another classic. Uh, that's a classic. I also think traveling tips is uh, I have been saved so much with apps, getting bit you know happy, get happy, and um, to be happy, and that would be. Um, your flights telling you the gates changed. Bing, mm -hmm. go onto your mm -hmm. phone. It's mm -hmm. quite nice. Uh, mm -hmm. Any travel, um, buses or uh, yeah. tax local taxi companies. I know Uber's all over the place, but there's other ones, other apps. So it's been very very useful. Takes a wee bit of time to load up the yeah. subway or the train station or the mm -hmm. train company in that company. But if you got their app, it just makes something much more easy. I have another one. Oh, oh, this is a good one. For those of you who have iPhones or have Google Maps, if you're staying in a particular city for a period of time, so let's say a week, and you're a bit worried about data and stuff like that, oh. you can download the map to your phone so that you don't use data to find out information. Oh, that's a good tip. That is a you good tip. You can download it. Don't I can't you need to go to your sort of profile and you you could down. You need to sign into, but you can download that map to your phone so that if you need to find somewhere, you can just do it normally, but you won't be using data because you've downloaded the map. That's very good, Gordon. Because I get lost in Budapest. We're going to hear it from Budapest very shortly. I have issues reading a Google map, but there's a new augmented reality one. You do yeah. look like a bit of a, 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 a idiot holding your phone up, but it's little mm -hmm. arrows appear through your camera. Then I find myself back home. I've got a tip that very few people actually follow. Everyone knows it in the business, but no one that I know really follows it, Gordon. And that tip is don't go mad on your first night. Oh, don't overshoot the runway. <laughs> that's, that's a nice one. You know, it's yeah. easy said, easy oh. said. So that's another one. Yeah, don't. I mean, it's like we've all done it. I remember going to a wedding, similar thing. 
and uh, everybody on the Friday night wedding was on the Saturday. <laughs> everybody got completely <laughs> out of hand on the Friday night, and everybody at the wedding was a bit like, "Ooh." So yeah, don't overshoot the runway. Remember, you're just taxiing. Give us some more. Take a photograph of your hotel room number. Ah. The other thing, because you forget, you never take the bit of paper. You forget. You you try and find the room you're in the night before. My other travel <laughs> tip is. <laughs> my other travel tip is. <sighs> if you get a card for the slot, and that's the only card you've got, and you want, you maybe you're in a really hot yes. part of the world or whatever. Business cards in the slot when you take your key out. Perfect. You can leave the light on or we shouldn't be leaving air conditioning on. But should you wish to leave a light on or something and not? Yes. Um, you can keep that going by putting a a business card in the slot. And my other tip is. Yeah, so just to cut, cut across here, Gordon. I didn't know that one either. Until about two years ago. It's a classic. Because you're charging your devices. And I was like, I take my key out. My devices aren't charging. Yeah. So, them. yeah. Yeah. So great tip. Uh, and also get a decent travel adapter, lots of USB ports. And finally, always use the hotel safe, the room safe, because it's much better having your stuff in there, like your passport. Don't leave it in the room. Yeah. And a few other quick ones. Never have a cup of coffee in a hotel room. Why not? I had one. Because those cups have never been washed in five, you know. Oh, my God. Right, okay. And also never use the glass in the loo. Oh, why not? Just okay. don't. <laughs> no. I don't want I've only got a little something, I just want a glass to put it in and oh no. You see, I believe in humanity. I have a positive view of people that wouldn't do anything to a glass. Well, That'd the only good. reason I say that is I did use a glass about ten years ago to and I and I just thought actually I'm gonna dry this off like I've you know, so I, and I put it back upside down and I put it at a jaunty angle. That I could see if the cleaner had checked it, and um, she didn't no, change it. No, 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 right. Probably well, still no. sitting there. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, Scott. That's some great travel tips. I just that's Top travel I'm, tips. Oh, that's great. I, okay, on this travel episode, and let's let's take you to Budapest now, ah, Gordon. I've uh, been to, there. Uh, a wonderful city. Sadly, mm -hmm. I got a little bit lost. If you get Funny up in the morning, that. you can have a little tour around, but we don't really get to see the tourist. Areas. Did you not download your map? I didn't download the map. Well, but I, I went through quite a lot of data trying to find my hotel again. Yeah, I went for a walk and couldn't find it. There's, there's many things that go wrong when I'm out there. Uh, and this is, uh, well, you know, we talk about... And I, here's one question. Before we go to um, the Budapest Whiskey Society, and I suppose it's self-evident, Gordon, but why, do, why does the industry travel? Why, why are we out there, really? I mean, we're spending a lot of money. We are, but we're selling a product that's sociable. It's a social thing. It's not bricks. It's not windows. It's not paper. It's something that people want to find out about more, enjoy, look you in the eye and have a drink with you. So you have to do it face to face. That's the nature of this industry. And we will continue to do that despite all the technologies in the world and all the zooming that we've done, mm -hmm. um, which was, let's face it, when you're stuck at home, much better than I mean, nobody heard of Zoom before lockdown. So, you know, it's been good, but it's not the same. It's, it's, you're absolutely right. It's just not the same. And we don't have time to do the year that changed whiskey. The year that changed whiskey. But if we did do a year that changed whiskey and a travel special, mm. we'll have to do for cap to Tommy Dewar, who in 1892 goes around 
26 different countries, gets mm -hmm. his order book filled, employs agents, and boom, he's got his business just takes off from, from there, really, and that was probably one of the first travelling salesmen. So, yeah, mm -hmm. got to be out there doing it face-to-face, -face and, and I bumped into a listener, no doubt, another listener, uh, who come across, uh, he says, you know, Budapest Whiskey Society, love Whiskey Unscripted. I couldn't resist getting them on the show. Here he is. Let's go to Budapest. Well, here we are in the Carinthia Hotel, and I'm just on my phone, because um, I forgot my recording device, but never mind. And I have come across a very interesting gentleman. What's your name, sir? My name is Gergely. Gergely. It's, uh, it's a special Hungarian name, so it's not easy for you guys, but, but you can manage it. <laughs> I'll call you George. No, Gergely. Gergely, hey. We tell me who you are with and what do you do? So I'm I'm a member of the Budapest Whiskey Society. That's quite like the biggest and I would say the most active yeah. uh, whiskey club here in Hungary. So we established the club quite like three years ago, just before the hey. frankly COVID times. <laughs> uh, and we and we decided to to do this really on offline. So. We have already known each other as friends, as from the work environment, etc., from uh, from different shows, from different tastings, and decided, okay, let's let's really do this club uh, on offline. Okay. So meet always once in once in a month, do some special tasting, have some fun together, share our experiences, whatever you know, as business as usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the perfect. And then COVID kicked in uh. in 2020, so uh, we we forced ourselves back to the online world. But really, that the community helped us a lot to survive the community. Of course it did. Of course it did. It was, it was not just physically a bad thing, but also mental. Yes, yes. for us as well. Yeah. Could you cycle, go back, what is or what was the Hungarian whiskey scene like? That's what we want to know on Whiskey Unscripted. What was it like back? Ten, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, for example, 10 years ago, when I started, my career in whiskey and uh -huh. <laughs> the first touches. So it was it was really a bit smaller community. But thanks to the social media, thanks to the thanks to the whiskey shows here in Budapest, yeah. because there's the I guess eleventh whiskey show here in Budapest. Thanks to thanks to the whiskey net. Uh, it's it's a developing story. It's a strongly developing story. So more and more guys, girls are, are coming into the clubs. So we have we have already now an online forum. An online platform called Morting Floor. Yes. Uh, that's our online division. So we have actually two clubs, and it's good to see that also from other cities here around the Hungary, uh, clubs are are forming themselves. So now we have on Page. That's a that's a smaller city. Uh, we have Tata. We have also Agar. So quite like also new and new clubs are growing outside. And what are you tasting? Give us a, a rough sample list of uh, well, what's doing well, what well, gets the juices flowing, and what have you, what have you sampled? So, for example, a couple of one months ago, uh, we reached out uh, an independent battle, Mold Barn. So, hi Martin, if you if you listen to this one. Obvious. So, so uh, we reached out that guy, uh, he's a small German uh, independent battle, and we decided to, come on, we are sending you a Zoom link, Please join. Uh, we bought some butlers uh, from him, and then we organized this this online one. Um, last time we had a very interesting tasting of tealing ah, yes. with the guys. Yes, yes. 
um, and then what else? So just mentioning with 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 Adelphi and Andamurkan, so with Connell and Antonia, yep. we had already two tastings uh, in the past. So independent battlings, uh, even sometimes we are approaching uh, the, the the distilleries directly. So. Hello, my friend. <laughs> I'm sure the answer will be yes. Um, so, no, it's, it's great to see that it's been a, yeah. a real emerging so market the, here. The, in really, really the, the palette of whiskey is absolutely widespread. So we can pick from here, from there, from whatever. So it's uh, we are trying to, to do this always, put some different things on the table. Yes. So and the knowledge I, I I did a couple of master classes. The knowledge of people great, and also yeah, a young we demographic. Have, we have we have we have really some experts, because a um, guy here the nose is is an expert of nosing the things. He can tell everything. Yeah, yeah. Everything. So yeah, we have we have very experienced users. They are in the I would say in the whiskey whiskey addicts uh, for 15 years or 12 years or whatever. So. Well, listen, good luck with everything yeah, with whiskey. I'm, I'm really, really, really proud of this community here in Hungary. Yeah, yeah. Not only the clubs, but only the guys, the individuals, uh, the and, companies, so absolutely. And your job today has been just to help out WhiskeyNet. Yeah, yeah, we are helping out WhiskeyNet, so we are also serving drinks here in the stands. Um, quite like more than 20 people are doing your job from the clubs in this beautiful t-shirts of uh, course yes so so absolutely yeah, we are doing that one and networking like we are doing yes. so <laughs> don't tell people i tell people this is a real job so <laughs> don't don't tell people it's not a real job don't tell folks it's no fun. no it's absolutely it's about it's about it's about passion it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's really our passion so uh, it comes it comes across so listen, thank you Yedi. thank you Gordon, very much. was really good to part of the show so yes, you so were much. a listener so you're now on yeah, I, will, I will i will hey take care and enjoy budapest thank you budapest budapest, budapest whiskey festival great but what what what, what is interesting and it's very encouraging only three-year-old that whiskey society. So, you know, there's the arc countries are still coming to Scotch whiskey as a category. It's still quite a new thing for a lot of people. Oh, hugely, hugely, and that's great. And the more people that get involved, fabulous. And you know, Budapest and Hungary is not a massive market for us, but it's important that we go there, particularly after the last two years. And uh, that's just the way life is. And it's great to engage these people, meet them, and they're passion and they want oh, to speak to it's fabulous it's fabulous. Brilliant. if i've got time i'll put up the budapest uh, pipe band that came into the corinthia hotel and played so i've got a video of that and i'll try and put that up on the facebook site as well great fun and then jumped on a plane to athens gordon and mm. bumped into dr george papa douglas uh Right, okay, I might have got that wrong. Uh, but it does give us his pronunciation and a friend of ours, Stuart, Stuart Thompson, now uh, Business Development Director. Market, thank you very much. And Dr. George was doing a masterclass in Europe, possibly even the world's largest bar show. The Athens Bar Show is absolutely enormous. And uh, obviously our spirits are down there and being enjoyed by a really fiercely trendy young group of uh, bartenders. It's a great you'd have, you'd have You'd fit in naturally to that. After they had a few drinks, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look younger. Dr. So, what George, did you do in Athens apart from? Did you? Did you? What did I mean? What did? What does being at the Athens Bar Show actually? And did you do a class? Did you do a? No, a we just had our, 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 our whiskeys there, and some of the people that we have distributing our, our whiskey, just helping them, just meet the locals, pour some whiskeys. There's a real, 
real passion for Scotch whiskey in Greece. Real, really is. Really and is. Tam do that. and Glen Goyne do very well out there. Yep. Uh, we did a bar takeover in a, the Speakeasy Bar, Central Athens, downstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thessaloniki bartenders came in. It was I was expecting a quite a quiet place. It was four deep at the bar. The music was cranked up loud. It was pig's nose and sheep dip in the same cocktail with some fantastic little uh, um, bitters and some flavourings. and It was just kicking off. It was great. And we get such a great welcome as producers coming down there. But we were, indeed I was, about 20 to 30 years older than the oldest person in that bar. However, it was a great night, and it's um, great. And Dr George was doing a masterclass at the Athens Bar Show, and I caught up with him just about an hour before he went on. It's all explained, Gordon, but it's just very interesting. He was refuting terroir in whiskey. Well, we'll come back to this. Come back to that, yes, yes. Okay, listen, let's go to Athens. Well, here I am in the... What time's it now? It's five past five to six, and I'm with a very well, I've got a very important gentleman in front of me. He's doing a master class in about an hour and 15 minutes' time. So this is an exclusive, sir. What's your name? I'm George Papadogoulas. I'm sorry for that, guys. It's a very Greek last name, and is it not an academic? Sub- oh, uh, well, I'm a professor that. in uh, UNIVA, which stands for University of West Attica, mm-hmm. and I teach uh, food and beverage management. But at the same time, I'm a whiskey connoisseur, and I've been doing that um, job for well, let's say to be to be you know kind, let's say for from the past century, <laughs> from the previous century. Yes. No, no, before we talk about that, <laughs> could you just explain what is this place? What, what, oh, what am I doing here? What the hell's happening, George? Well, uh, the truth is that I don't know what you're doing here, <laughs> and uh, after all the things, many many people, <laughs> <laughs> and after all the things that I've drunk, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> But I am supposed to be talking about uh, whiskey terroir, marketing, or truth. Yes. And um, the reason is that it, there has been some really interesting work done around terroir in Waterford. But at the same time, there is a big controversy in how, how serious is not the, the research itself, which is very, very serious, but um, how serious it's in terms, in long terms. I mean, you get the new make and you have the terroir, okay? But then you get the cask. So uh, what I, in all honesty, I'm doing, I'm going to uh, fuckle the brains of my, and uh, the mouths of my, uh, yes. of my attendants, giving them pitted whiskey from Speyside, uh, non-pitted whiskey from Isla, and things like that. So in order to, let's say, disprove the terroir theory mm-hmm. after cask. Can I just ask, um, and it may be worth the listeners uh, understanding what is meant by terroir, I think maybe people know about the wines and all that, but what is this rough definition in whiskey terms of terroir? There you go. That's all the, so in whiskey, we're talking about barley, but we're talking about the origin of the barley. Then if we are to talk about the distillery's terroir, that means that the barley must be grown in the same region that the distillery is. So, wow, we have a big question because as we all know, um, let's say Glenort produces 95% of barley uh, of whiskey distilleries. Huh? Yes. There are only few distilleries that produce, that at least, let's say, um, uh, uh, they, they mold their own barley. There are only seven. Yeah. Right? And we were on Isla 
and even then it's about 20 percent exactly exactly it's not, it's not even exactly anywhere near half so we're we're a long way and long way of, of, of from home yes okay so, uh, anything else terroir apart from barley? terroir well terroir should be should be okay. in wine terms should be uh the plant the land and the climate and uh, on top of everything else is going to be the altitude and on top of that, it's going to be the sun that the, um, the vines get during the day. Yeah. Because some get the morning sun, some get the, after the afternoon sun, and all these different variations and diversifications of, um, of uh, terroir um, and to, um, to affect the end product that is called wine. Okay, so the question is, how is that working? So I'm, I'm in, in a way, I'm playing, I'm going with, I'm starting with the wine, I'm moving to cognac, I'm going to Armagnac, then I'm touching tequila, then I'm going to um, mezcal, and then I'm having a laugh with rum and vodka, yeah. and uh, then I'm ending, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> and then I'm ending with whiskey, which in general, what I'm saying is that if we end up as an industry, making a serious step towards terroir, it should be a serious and very, very careful step, especially since we, we now have a tendency of producing a range, of, a big range and variety of whiskies in the same uh, distillery based mostly on different casks. And especially since the era of NAS, non-age statement whiskies. Yeah. So all these are very, very delicate um, approaches that yeah. should be made in terms of whiskey terroir. You see, your phone's going already because people know you're on Whiskey Unscripted. Yeah. And they're congratulating <laughs> you on that's, that. That's absolutely because, real. You're absolutely right there, just to cut across. You know, we were at Isla, as I mentioned before, and you've got Brocladi, who are doing Port Charlotte through the same stills as a classic laddie. Exactly. As, you know, there are other whiskies, so it's different flavors, oh. same stills, same. But the, the most important thing is what you said. You have Port Charlotte, and at the same distillery you have Octomore. Right? So you have something sweet and non-pitted, yes. and something that is as pitted as it gets. Right? Like, I don't know, it has 223 ppm, I think. Yeah. But there seems to be a desire for this terroir to, to take off. I know the Whiskey Magazine's editorial a couple of months ago were talking about it and uh, really sort of... And that's, and that's my that. point. Is it true or is it marketing? Yeah, you mentioned the casks earlier on at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the new meat, then you've got the casks. Yeah. I mean, uh, Old Portney, you have like seven different uh, um, Chardonnay finish and uh, blah, blah, blah finish. And you, only, only if you play with wines. And now that the law has changed and we have a way, a vast variety of casks accepted by the Scotch Whiskey Association. Keep in mind that now we can age whiskies in pale ale, we can age whiskey in very different casks. So now these are all these are very, very different um, things and very, very, you know, um, subtle things that you have to approach with, for, from my point of view, you have to be very, very careful. Yeah, yeah. Because for me, whiskey literally it started back in 1988. Right. So when you when you when you work with love and you, you fell in love with a with a, I'd say product, but it's a, it's, it's a spirit. You you are literally involved with that. I personally am involved with that through pure love. And I don't really like it when it changes so much so fast in order to make a different impact 
in the market, right? I can understand that a business means money, but at the same time, Scotch whiskey means heritage. And yes. we should definitely be, be very, very careful with that. Mm. That's my humble opinion. That is a great opinion. Um, and you just mentioned uh, whiskey. What is the whiskey scene like in Athens? And could you give us a little description of what we've witnessed in the last two days here? So we are at Athens Barso, which is it has grown the past 13 years. It's the 13th event. Uh, it has grown to be probably the biggest bar show in Europe. Uh, what we're doing here is that we're bringing together bartenders, bar owners, bar managers, and of course the producers and the importers uh, to meet, to taste the new products, to know each other. So mm -hmm. this is this is an open air party for up to ten to twelve thousand people. It's an amazing event, and lots of other spirits out there as well. Of so course, whiskey is actually maybe in the minority. It, it is a minority. I'd yeah. say I'd say that rum, um, uh, tequila, um, and different spirits hold a very, a very, very big part. But we, Greece and whiskey has a very deep, deep um, connection. Oh, discuss. So in Athens, we have the biggest uh, bar, the biggest, the biggest whiskey bar in Greece. It's called CV Distiller. And if you haven't been there, you should go there, or I'll take you with Stuart. Research only, George. Yeah, yeah. Research only. FMD's listening. Um, and we also <laughs> have in different uh, small cities, like imagine there is a small city called Carpenisi uh, in the center of Greece. It has less than 5,000 um, inhabitants, and it has, uh, there is a bar there called Onar, which holds 423 different labels. So we're talking about cra a crazy guy in the middle of nowhere, you know, keeping a, a, a huge, huge uh, whiskey shop for nothing, literally, because he doesn't make his money back for sure. So, so, so heat, you might think people are all going to be drinking beer or long drinks, but heat and... We are, we are, we are, in Greece, we are more, more in the straight, straight up drinking. During winter, we, we consume enormous amounts of uh, whiskey, straight up. Cocktails work during summer, and mostly they, they outrange, you know, like gin consumption or vodka consumption because of the tourists, because we, we have 22 million tourists during the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so there is a, there is a, let's say, a, a, the numbers go up and down during the tourist season and less during the, the, the non-tourist season. But whiskey holds a very, very serious number in consumption in Greece. So anybody wants to come to Athens or Greece, there's lots of whiskeys there to Absolutely. get involved. Absolutely. And when you're doing a tasting, um, give us a couple of two or three whiskeys. It uh, doesn't matter, scotch, whatever. Just whiskeys that George might put on the table to get us a, get us a good taste that, and get a party going. That is going to be so that unfair. Is tough. That, is tough. that is going to be so unfair. I mean, uh, only because Stuart is here, yes. uh, I usually use Glengoyne yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I can find it, but I, um, listen, the one whiskey that I definitely want on my table would be Taliska, okay, because it's so unique, it's one distillery on Sky Island, I love that fact. I would definitely go for um, Glengoyne, I would use, and it's not a joke, because I'm, I've always loved the story that the distillery is on the highlands and the, um, and the warehouse is on the lowlands, and that's, that's, that's something that I'm, I'm dying for as a story. <laughs> and um, then I would go for Campbelltown. Glen Scotia would be on my table for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if we're going to keep it down to three, 
Uh, it could be there, but yes, then, right then, then Isla should be there, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Then Spey and Macallan should be there. And so, so many great whiskies and so many new whiskies. Clydeside, for example, in Glasgow. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, effort that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's exciting. We've got now 141 or something distilleries. There you go. You know, there there you go. Know, and imagine that the first, I still remember it was back in 1989, the first time that I visited Edinburgh. And I, we were running around trying to, to find which distillery is, is about to be closed because that was the time that distilleries was, were closing. Yeah, yeah. And now we're living at the happy era where distillers are opening. And yet again, I'm still a little bit petrified from the rate. I mean, yeah. 2011, four distilleries in Ireland. 2022, 24 distilleries in Ireland. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Every boom goes up. Yeah, yeah. Don't use the words. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's what's going to happen after? That's the after that I'm a little bit worried and concerned about. Okay. Oh, George. An immense interview. We could speak all night on this transcriptive, but it's been it's been wonderful. Really, really great. Everyone in Scotland would love you to come and and join us on this. It's a on promise, show. and it's going to be soon. Sooner. Listen, you're on in just over an hour. Exactly. Exactly. You're coming to Scotland soon. You said. I will. I will, and I will bring a party of people with me. Bartenders yeah. and bar owners. Agree. Sure. Sure. Said you'd pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> George, all the best. Thank you. Thank Cheers. You Gordon's masterclass was really very interesting. We had the headphones on for translation. We had the, the, the whiskies there, mm-hmm. of which one was Smokehead. And um, we had, mm-hmm. you know, a Welsh whiskey as well. And it talked about the terroir and wine, terroir and mezcal, um, terroir and other spirits. But he's not very convinced about the terroir and whiskey. Anyway, just I thought to close the episode, a nice wee chat about that, because I think two months ago, the whiskey magazine, there was a big article about terroir in yeah. there as well and I've been interviewed at Glengoyne from American academics terroir again come up but my god could you explain he did as well but what's your take on it all well I mean I think um, uh, well I mean I, the reason I hesitate somewhat is there is a real split on this I think from yeah. a lot of people uh, and I'm no scientist and there's better people to talk about this than me um, I mean, if you think about it, things like barley variety, rather than terroir, there's no doubt barley variety has an impact on spirit. Um, water, not so much, I don't think. Uh, yeast has an impact on spirit. Um, but terroir, depending on what you mean by the terroir, obviously in wine we're talking about the soil um, right. and the the you know you have a fruit that is grown from the nutrients in the soil so it's a very direct relationship barley is not the same um however if you go and stand at the waterford stand that i did uh the other day and taste a whole load of different whiskies they're all very very different and is it ultimately down to terroir and the type of field that the barley's come from and that's what waterford would absolutely have you believe and that's what their uh Brookladdy have done this as well to a certain extent um it's a really interesting debate and i i am not the best person to speak about this it would be interesting to maybe go in a future whiskey unscripted go more into this but yeah what was the gist of what you're i mean yeah, in yeah. term what i mean obviously just, highlighted it but what was the just what you said gist of your takings from it just what you've said gordon um George was, I wouldn't say dismissive, but he was very sceptical about it. Yes, the soil and grape, absolutely. As uh, terroir equals, and the agave plant, 
depending on what altitude it's planted at and what mm -hmm. species of plant it is, absolutely. But barley does not all come from the one area. You know, you're bringing barley in from, in their case, north, uh, it's Berikabon Tweed, and in some Isla distilleries, the mainland as well. So it's not like it's come from that area. And yeah. often, distilleries are not maturing their whiskey at that distillery. They're often well, there is that. And we will not mention which ones, but it's... Well, a lot of a lot of Isla whiskies are not matured in Isla. Yep, yeah. So, and 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 that feeds into a little bit of the narrative that you know I've said this before. If you if you think of the maturation when you have so much time in a particular place, you do start to you know take on a hint of what that place is. There's no doubt about it. So if you if I and I've said this I think on this podcast before, if you were to park a car on Isla at Lafroig, and you left an Alfa Romeo, one that rusts particularly nicely. You left it at, at Lafroig at the front near the warehouses. Yeah. You come back ten years later, it'd be quite in a bad state. You leave the same Alfa Romeo at Glengoyne. Yes, it wouldn't, but it would be covered in moss, and it would be covered in a whole load of things that that wouldn't be covered mm -hmm. at Lafroig. That mm -hmm. is not necessarily terroir. That's the environment per se. Terroir for me means more soil more the yeah. the wine that's right sort of the, um but the fuel you, of that yeah. production facility and i think that's what george was saying i think a lot of people there sort of agreed with his findings there it's a very difficult you know possibly mm. a lot of and you say i was split on it it's, it's possibly you could see people trying to crowbar whiskey into that mm. explanation into that uh, but, but then when you but then when you go and drink Waterford and you taste the difference it's it, you're a little bit like man you know it's 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 I, I'm I've heard a lot of people talk on this subject and uh you know I I I I don't I, I'm ultimately a little bit I don't know I'm not I don't I'm, I'm probably more of a less believer than a believer but I think we'll come uh, as everyone to come back to that was very good. Have you changed your opinions since last week? Since we recorded part two a week ago about terror. Yeah, I think it's, 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 look, there's there's a whole load more people that know more about it than me. But um, I mean, I think location of maturation is important. Those sorts of things. Uh, I think what Waterford has done is very interesting, and what Brookladdy's done is very interesting, and it does have an impact. Of course, it does. But is it? Is it variety or is it terroir? There's there's a yeah. difference. And I have to say, uh, Doctor George, and I, I, he, he said his second name, so I'll just let leave it as Doctor George. What a colourful character he is! He's been in the business, mm. uh, coming to Scotland since the late 1980s. As is Christian coming up very shortly. And I think Gordon, um, please contact us on Facebook. I'll put up the pipe band from Budapest on our Facebook page as well because that was a very good. <laughs> a very surprising part oh, of the Hungarian Budapest oh, Whiskey Club oh, uh, looking, society. I did not expect to see a pipe band there. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yes. We'll try and put up our, our, our travels up. And Gordon, we mentioned this at the start of the show. This is part two of our travel special. Mm -hmm. We thought the travel was over, but I ended up going to Frankfurt. And I have to say, I think a lot of people think this is one of the best or better whiskey shows in the calendar. Yeah, look, I mean, I think if, you know, I think it's probably Germany's most influential whiskey ah. show. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you look at Holland, then you probably have Den Haag, which is the one we were just at. 
as probably its most influential and biggest whiskey show. And then you have Whiskey Live Paris, which is probably a very big European uh, influential show, not just France. And the other big one, which I think is highly influential, is the Whiskey Show in London. Um, those are the four, I think, probably most influential whiskey shows in Europe. But I'm sure I'll get an email going, what about yeah, this yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to say, this is the first one you'd sent me to. And uh, in the Palm Garden, the Botanical Gardens mm -hmm. in Frankfurt. Yeah, really what, nice. a, what a wonderful location. If, um, Fabulous. Check that out when you listen to this interview. And in the background, you can hear the pipes as well. Um, great bagpipes. So... Christian, yeah. Christian Rosenberg, Gordon, you've met him, in fact, a few mm. times. I have. I've been to his, uh, he has a hotel very near the, in fact, it's either in, just in Switzerland or. Yes, he mentions it later on. Yeah, and uh, I went down to the tasting there, uh, oh, I can't remember when that was, March this year? Not sure, can't yeah. really remember when it was, but went and did a tasting with him last year with Glen Goyne down there. And uh, yeah, really nice guy, nice place, good good people and i know that obviously we have done a special bottling for them so that was one of the reasons you were there yes that's correct that's correct and just on that point gordon he is a, a master keeper of the quake or he is a, the, yes he's a master of the quake. he's a master of the quake i think and it's just amazing when you go out into the world about how many of these very influential people from out with scotland are out there Mm. in their own country, really banging mm. the drum for Scotch whiskey. I mean, it's it's fantastic. And that's what being a keeper and master of the quake is all about. It's about being promoting Scotch as your job or being in the industry, doing that for, you know, five, 10 plus 20 years. And, and Christian is absolutely one of those people. Oh, yeah. And there's a whole stack of others, which, uh, which have been made keepers. There's a whole stack of people that, in my opinion, haven't been made keepers and should be made keepers. But, you know, that's just the way we are. But, yeah, no, great. And uh, you forget there's a lot of people doing it as their day job in all these foreign countries. And you mentioned keepers there, Gordon. Um, why am I thinking of rumours? Same sort of words. Can't, you know. Um, I ended up in a hotel on this trip. And can I just say it's the only time, and it's a very good hotel, it's the only time, and I don't generally take anything from the minibar, but this was there was a blindfold in a black box mm -hmm. in with the minibar. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, mean, I mean, rumors is a it's a, it's wait. a nice good breakfast, very good breakfast, very good breakfast, very good. A blindfold, a blind. I don't know. Um, After yeah, I get bored with it, you know. So I thought I'll just put that down. I think if you're ever in Frankfurt, go to Rumours, just people watching the bar and you'll sort of maybe understand a little bit more about the sort of vibe that goes on in this place. It's a really nice hotel, but. Yeah, it's certainly a little bit different, I think. I know. Well. We could talk all day, Gordon, but, you know, we'll be yeah. no time to talk about you, Negronis yeah. and Boris Baker, for example. No, well, no. Or Andy Bell from Aaron. No, absolutely. No, no, no. And that's um, a subject. Those certain bars and watering holes around the world where ambassadors hang out could be a great show. So, listen, I hope you enjoy this interview, Gordon. You've not heard it either uh, of Christian Rosenberg at Inter Whiskey in the Palm Garden, in the Botanic Gardens in Frankfurt. 
Hello Scotland, my name is Christian Rosenberg. I'm Master Keeper of the Quake and I'm the editor of the Whiskey Botschafter magazine and the founder of the Inter Whiskey. And this year we have in Frankfurt the 25 Inter Whiskey Fair, the biggest whiskey fair in Europe, what we started. And um, yeah, and it was a funny story. We was, I was this year in Scotland and looking by Temdu with Sandy for a single cask. And we found a very good single cask with the sherry cask, uh, 16 years old wow. whiskey. And, um, and it was a hard work because we was five hours in the warehouse and we taste everywhere. <laughs> how everywhere. many, how many hours? <laughs> five hours, five hours. And we find a lot so, of casks. So you're over specifically trying to find a single cask to celebrate your 25 anniversary. You know, this is the reason we are looking for a special, because we had last five years not cherry cast, and this year we say, okay, we're looking for a special Olorosa cast. Yeah. And this was uh, a big uh, fun for us. And, um, and thank you very much for the team, for Sandy, and for Gerd that we found uh, this nice cask. Oh, what a cask, what a cask. And did you know that was a cask? Because it was a sherry hogshead. So yeah. this was a hogshead, yeah. 250 litres, yeah. 16-year-olds. Yeah. Did you know it? Was, it? was it love at first sip? Yeah, this was a 100% <laughs> tip. And uh, I hope I'm not falling in the cask because it's not so big cask. <laughs> and, and there was so many casks. It was funny. It was also a cask in the corner. It was for the Whiskey Club Moscow or something like okay. this. And, and then I make a joke. So I sorry, uh, this cask can't <laughs> deliver it to Moscow because in the moment the situation is not so whiskey-friendly for okay. Moscow. Uh, I would like to get this cask. And uh, Sandy told me, yes, uh, we are very... Uh, keep, uh, peaceful people we are waiting after the war perhaps it's going to Moscow okay we're looking for another cask and then we found what a cask what a cask just to say last night we had a with a lovely meal last night and we tasted some wonderful Highland Park wonderful Lathroig the last drinks were the Tamdu and culminating and that single cask yeah And it's funny Some yesterday, 16. you know, we have six whiskies and two comes from the, four whiskies comes from the islands. Yeah. Jura, uh, um, Islands, Orkney and uh, Isla. Yes. And the, everybody knows this is a very peaty whiskies. And then is coming the Tamdu whiskey. And this was a very big difference. was a bomb. was the sherry bomb. Wow. It was a, what a whiskey. What? And only 328 bottles. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, 328. And we have a uh, German market. And today, it's funny, it's the first day into whiskey. We, the whiskies arrived last week. And here, we're selling today only in here in six hours, 120 bottles. <laughs> It won't be around very long. You mentioned inter-whiskey. Could you just paint a picture for the listeners? Where are we? Why did, did you begin this? You started this whiskey festival, inter-whiskey. Could I, you paint a picture? I started in whiskey, you know. I work also for a big whiskey company for 20 years. And then we start 1997. I was finished with this company and then make my own magazine, a Whiskey Botschafter. So why? And, and can I, Botschafter can was, I stop you there? Yeah. Why, why did you do that? <laughs> What made you come up with But that idea? Germany, it's, uh, it's a big market for Scotch whiskey industry, mm -hmm. for mainly for blended whiskies. And then the malt whiskey for this time is slowly starting here. Nobody in this market in Germany was only the classic malts and it was finished. And no, Entlen Friedrich was there and then yes. was finished. And then start the whiskey companies with Ported for whiskies in this market. And then I think we need more public relation PR for the Scotch whiskey industry. And this is the reason why I'm also Keeper of the Quake. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with yes. my magazines, we have now in Germany 
50,000 circulations. We have uh, online 52,000 circulations, online readers, and, and this is very successful. In Switzerland, our magazine is Whiskey Time. We have 20,000 circulation, and the people like our magazine concentrated especially only for whiskey. Of course, whiskey from the new world also, yes. but mainly Scotland. 60 or 70% is the story about Scotland, Scotland whiskey, Scottish people, uh, and the people behind, like you, working for the whiskey industry. Yeah, yeah. And what is this? Either this episode or give us a f flavor of what features are in the magazine. What? What do you yeah, do? We have uh, we are, the, the magazine. We have in the media planning every year. It's because the funny thing is, these people here knows everything about whiskey. Yeah, very and you know, some people come to Tamdu for two years. I see the warehouse number three. Oh, it's different now. And, and you know, the people explain your your warehouse, and the people are crazy. But uh, in, we have, for example, a story about pot stills. We have a story about history. We have a story about marketing. What's going on with the industry? Sometimes you have story about cask management okay. is important, mm -hmm. uh, warehouse management, how that's going on. Uh, then we have a story, uh, how is the barley situation in the moment? Well, because, expensive. You know, expensive. How is the situation with gas, everything we are looking of this? And in the markets, we're looking also in the German market, how is the best way to promote whiskey? And now this is a travel special we're doing on this podcast yeah. and we've been to Athens and Budapest and Gordon was in The Hague um, this is Germany what is your have you travelled around the world yes, I, I, what's your I, my, take I, on Scotch whisky around the world and travelling in Germany, for example, you know, the German market by Nielsen is in the moment, it's the market share by the blended, top blended whiskey we are around about by 78% and the, the single malt market growing last year 18% plus. It's, it's amazing. This wow. is, uh, and we are, happy, we are very happy that not so many <laughs> comes back from China to Europe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. Yes. And, um, and I think the historic story from Scotland of these people, of the history, the, 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 the partnership to Scotland and the people like it, uh, all the things, the people travel to Scotland, to the mm -hmm. highlands, to oh, the lowlands, amazing. everything. It's, it's an industry in Scotland now for, for whiskey industry, the, the, the travel industry to the whiskey distilleries. And I think that uh, this is the relationship uh, and you can't play this game with Armagnac or with gin or with Whiskey's cognac. Amazing. This is the story of Whiskey. And we're talking about travelling on this episode and we've travelled around the world. But if people wanted to travel to Germany, is this a great place to come and try and sample some Whiskies. <laughs> we have, of course, German whiskies. We, um, yes. we have now 60, Schleers, 60 yeah. distilleries. Well, yeah. and, but we need more time in the moment. It, <laughs> we have some whiskies that are 10 years old, 15 years old. But in Germany or Switzerland, now it's not bad to whiskies, but we need more time. You haven't a whiskey with 25 years or something like this. Or Temdu, uh, cast management, 16 yes. years, Cherikas. You can't find it here. Yeah, yeah. And it will be great because they've yeah. got great beer here. So yeah. if you get great beer, you will have great whiskey, yeah, that is surely. a good thing with, with the beer uh, this distillery we work with beer companies very close are the whiskey the best whiskies some whiskey distilleries working with only spirits and fruities and eau de vies or williams or something take the same pot stills this quality is not so good for whiskey also, mm -hmm. mainly 100% with barley and pot still have their own pot still distillery and working with uh, the beer breweries these companies are very successful. Now, I believe, Christian, you have one of 
Europe's or the world's, you've got a whiskey hotel. Yeah. Could you tell me about this? Because someone explained it to me yesterday. I don't know in the world, yesterday. but in Europe. Yeah. And it sounded amazing. Yeah. We have a lake of Constance. This is the area between Zurich and Constance in the south Germany. It's a very big, the biggest lake in Europe is the lake of Constance area. And on Swiss side, we have the Trompete der Schlössle. And this hotel is very special because we have in the hotel, of course, a big whiskey bar uh, list. We have uh, about 600 positions about whiskey. And uh, we have each room is the name of a whiskey distillery. You found Scapa, you found <laughs> what, uh, Glen Goyne, we have wow. a beautiful Glen Goyne room, and the, the, the guests come in the room, and it, everything is urinated. We have the style Bella Pock style, mm -hmm. and a very big bed, and you and you're sitting there. You have a picture of the distillery. You have a welcome letter from the distillery manager, and, and, and you have a small tram when you go in the bed from this distillery. And the funny thing, you go in the evening in the bar. Oh, look, there's my Tom Do, and now or, or Glen Goyne. I go in the room. And drink it when going. And we have a lot of events. Um, and these events, we have in the wintertime 52 events. And every weekend, uh, nice Scottish menu. And some people from the com industries are coming, uh, uh, whiskey ambassadors. And we take whiskey tasting together. And it's only open for these whiskey people. It's unbelievable. It sounds amazing. And just can I just take you back to the young Christian? Where or why did this love of Scotch whisky come from? You've opened up a hotel. A, this whisky festival that you're you're you've started it. You've got a magazine. Where? It's what, a my life. You, what do you put it down to? I started in the hotel and catering business, like Andrew Symington. I meet him in Edinburgh. He was in the hotel business, and Andrew told me the story. He handled the business with signature later on. He he buy cars from the distillery, and uh, and I was in Edinburgh and Sheraton Hotel for learning a little bit English, but Scottish was also there. And, <laughs> the and, language, and then yeah. was the first contact to Scotland in this time. And then I see it's a beautiful country. I like the first time with whiskey. I have Scottish friends there. And then, um, I, funny thing, three years later, I have an offer from the whiskey industry. And then I started in the Scottish whiskey industry. Oh, I see. Right, <laughs> okay. So that get your, your love of you know, Scotch, yes. And in this time, I start 80... 1988, 1988. Uh, that was just the beginning of the single malt you know, revolution. The I started for a big blended whiskey company, mm -hmm. and uh, and then we have started with the single malts here in Germany. So that's your love started. It's amazing. Yeah. And just and, if, and, yeah. and then we started with Scottish food and make promotion with British meat. We take promotion uh, with uh, Scottish foods here or with smoked salmon. Everything. We, we make the trade fair here. And then this, this time we started with the first inter whiskey here in Frankfurt. I was just about to say, let's finish with the inter whiskey in Frankfurt. When did this begin? And could you give us a little? Some summation of what Frankfurt it is. Frankfurt is, is very successful because we have a mix. We have some people from the trade here. We have some people consumer, and this is in the middle of Germany because you have a big airport here. You come here. We have a good train stations, mm -hmm. and the Germans from north side, east side, south side coming in the middle. And this is the good city here in Frankfurt. And uh, and you see here the towers of Frankfurt, big oh, cities, big, yeah, banking, big the European Central Bank. Everything is here. Is big it? money is also here, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you need also good consumer for buying good whiskies. Of course. And this building has it always been here. Yes, it's built. Could you explain what this building is? This building is the Palmen Garten. It's built in Germany, you know, 1876. 
Kaiser Friedrich was for this side Germany have also colonies mm -hmm. not so many like UK but <laughs> uh, a, a little bit <laughs> and, and, and for this time it's, it's, it, the name is Palmen Garden it's a special uh, pavilion you come in and see all very old trees from Africa you see mm -hmm. some it's like a zoo a little bit but you see very good uh, old uh, flowers and everything and mm -hmm. the people come for this time look it and this all the building is in the Belle Epoque styling and this is United very big Empora and cool. it's a very old one and this is uh, and during the war it's nothing here no bump nothing right. because Survived. in this area it's a lot of uh, was kaput bombs yes. but here was nothing nothing touched nothing it's absolutely wonderful inside yeah. and the atmosphere Yeah. From what I've been hearing from all the ambassadors, this is one of yeah. the top and ones they come to. The restaurant is one of the best restaurants here. It's a big caterer. It's the same company with the restaurant La Fleur. And this restaurant has two star Michelin. It's a very good restaurant. And oh. you see yesterday the yes. food was very good. That's absolutely wonderful. You get some wonderful whiskies in there. A wonderful magazine. Yeah. 25 years. Did you ever think it would come to that 25 years? Yeah, 25 years, I think, I hope the next 25 years ah. the same. And, of course, I hope we find the next good whiskey we've done to. You have been a wonderful patron for Scottish whiskeys, Christian. Yeah. Wonderful night last night and a wonderful Thank whiskey Thank you festival. for coming. Uh, not at all. Sandy uh, sends his regards. Yeah. And, and we see us perhaps in Switzerland. Yes, I'd in, love to come. To, to, uh, yes, I'll do an event for you. Oh, Gordon, that was uh, what do you make of that? It's, it's a, a great show, really. And Absolutely. all the all the regulars were there. You'd have, you'd have known all the guys there from the yeah, and yeah. girls from the, the whiskey. No, great, great. And it's sort of the last hurrah of the year. Uh, it certainly was your last hurrah. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah. uh, thank you again for doing that. Um, and uh, just yeah. a really good uh, one to round the whole year off. And now everybody's a Can little I bit less uh, less flying about and a bit more time at home. Can I just say, you know, these are, these are the sort of the things that happened to an ambassador, Andy Bell. You mentioned of Aaron. I got the taxi mm. in from the airport, you know, so he got the taxi back to the airport three mm -hmm. days later. Mm. Yeah, there you go. No, 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 no. Only trouble is he got the wrong hotel. Ah. So I was waiting outside in relatively sub-zero temperatures about 7.30 in the morning, thinking it's taking quite a long time. <laughs> But these are the things sent to test us, Gordon. We're out travelling. Like Andy Bell should know that hotel. He really should. He really should. Uh -huh. I think um, anyway, <laughs> so we're, we're running down into Christmas uh, and the holiday period. Uh, quiet Christmas, Gordon? Very quiet Christmas. Uh, very quiet. Just... Uh, Going over, make sure the whiskies are of the quality that they really should be. Mm -hmm. so be yeah, no, absolutely extensive control. sampling. Yes, that's exactly it. And we'll maybe see you between Christmas and New Year, Gordon. I think you will, yes. We're going to be at the um, Scotch Whiskey Experience, I think, on the yes. 29th at the Distillers Fair. Is that Correct. right? Correct. And we might meet up some friends, do a little recording and put something mm -hmm. out for a New Year yep. special. So, so if you happen to be in Edinburgh on the 29th, you can come to that. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, no, same here, pretty quiet Christmas. So we just want to say really wishing everybody a, a fabulous holiday period. Just just enjoy the enjoy the, the sort of calmness of it. And hopefully, obviously, after the last few years, we can all get together with our families and things like that. Absolutely. And just, just one more thing. Mm -hmm. Before we go, um, Mr. Dave Arcari got in touch. Dave Arcari for number one, Christmas number one. Correct, Dave. He was inviting us both to the launch of his new album. I know. Badly, we were both away at the time. And yeah. um, Whiskey Trail, which I really love. And oh, you know, a wee bit of a theme tune going on with, with Whiskey Trail on the way. Yeah. I love it. 
Uh, what a voice he's got. It's on the album. So, Fabulous. Here's a good album. Just so where do people get the album from? You can just check Dave Arcari. It's on all the... His website's probably the best place to start off with. Dave Arcari. Uh, he's on Facebook. He's everywhere, Dave. So That's DaveArcari.com. A-R-C-A-R-I. DaveArcari.com. Get in there. That's Brilliant it. stuff. Whiskey lovers everywhere. Good album to get. So, Gordon, thank you very much. Thank you. Good to see you, my friend. Take okay. or listen to you, not see you. <laughs> I know. We'll be in the same room eventually. Goodbye. Bye-bye. 33. Staying ahead. On the whiskey trail. Oh, staying ahead. On the whiskey trail.